What's up, everybody? Perry Aston here, co-founder of the Unwrap Sports Network, asking you to check us out on Sportscaster. The host of this podcast, as well as many other Unwrapped Sports Network members from across the entire country, are streaming live on Sportscaster. You can live chat with your host, even send them virtual gifts and tips to keep them churning out the best content that you love. So head on over to sportscaster.com slash unwrapped. That's sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R. Or download the Sportscaster iPhone app and tune into the entire Unwrapped Sports Network live on Sportscaster. What's up, everybody? Coming to you on a absolutely beautiful Friday morning. Got my guy, Corey Easley, part of the Unwrapped family, coming to us from down under. And uh, just a warning, he's a Pats fan extraordinaire. What's up, my guy? What's up? Um, pleasure to be on the show, man. Uh, out here in Australia, it's, um, you know, 12-hour difference from me and you. I know it's kind of funny that like I it's it's because we because me and Corey always we always have these back and forths and it's awesome because there's not many people who have like different opinions you know what I mean especially when uh you know I mean you write and work for like the same startup and everything like that but it's really cool because like he's one of the only people who really challenges me consistently on things and I love it I, I just love it there's nothing better than the good old fashioned debating in sports um and uh, I appreciate yeah. it. It's really cool. Um, and I, since you're a Pats fan, we got to talk Pats. Um, did, did you see anything from the Pats offense that made you worried against the Bills? And should they get help? Um, you know, I would put it at, like, say, a four on the panic scale out of ten. Um, obviously, they've had injuries on the offensive line coming in. And so that was always going to be a concern um, with, obviously, like, Newhouse has left tackle. Um, David Andrews was is out for the year, most probably. Um, so, obviously, the with the pressure that Tom Brady saw, uh, didn't look great. I mean, it was probably his worst game ever, um, or one of them. So, that was a bit concerning. And the fact that the receivers couldn't really get open was a bit concerning as well. My only caveat would be is that Julian Edelman came into that game really banged up and it really seemed like they were just trying to get through that game without having to use him. Um, they really didn't try to pepper him with too many targets. And he was just kind of out there like as a decoy almost. So uh, that would be, um, yeah, my, my concern is with the line and the wide receiver depth at this point, um, as far as them having to go out and get some help, it's, it's not really feasible right now. They've wasted a lot of money on Antonio Brown. I believe they have $5.3 million in dead cap space on him. So they only have $1.2 million right now. Um, I checked on sports track uh, this morning and that's not a lot of money to go out and, you know, get, you know, a stuff on digs per se, or, you know, a big name like that. So I think they're just going to have to, you know, roll it out here and see what happens. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the salary. I think, I think now that Ben Watson's coming back, I just feel like he's going to add a, the tight end blocking element that they haven't really had. You know what I mean? I feel like he, he's going to catch yeah, some passes, yeah. but I think he'll just really sure up the old line. Cause that's kind of what they did with Gronk the last, the last year. Yeah. And it, it has been a problem. Tight end has been a problem all year. And they, you know, they've had false starts from the tight end position and just, hasn't been um, 
great from the tight end position so far. So Ben Watson is a huge get. Like I have, he's obviously he's, you know, he's old, um, but he knows how to play the position. So I definitely see him helping just, I don't know if Ben Watson's ever been a great blocker. I mean, he's been, you know, um, pedestrian at best, but he's been more of, you know, that pass catching type tight end. So I just, I just not sure because that offensive line needs to block better because the run game hasn't been good at all either. And I think that's part of it with the run game as well. So. Yeah. Um, I, not a lot of I completely agree yeah. on that. The run game's kind of like, like you said, exactly pedestrian. It just hasn't been, uh, I don't know. Do you look, I don't know. I just expected so much more from their running game with the, the plethora of running backs that they have. Do you think they're a little shocked yeah. by that? Uh, I think so. But I think it's, you know, with the Patriots, like this is not unusual. I mean, I, I put this on my um, talking points here. It's like, it's not unusual for the Patriots offense to look a bit shabby in the first, you know, month of the season. I mean, how many times has this team gone, you know, two and two, you know, are we three and one? We have a bad loss, you know, those types of things. And everyone goes, oh, you know, this is it. This is over. Um, and they figure it out. So I think they're still working through the kinks and trying to figure out what they do well, what they don't. Um, and going from there, I mean, obviously the loss of Devlin hurts as well. So they lose Grunk and Devlin, which are two key components to that run game being so um, diverse and special last year, especially in the playoffs. So I think they just kind of have to retool and try to figure out what they're good at. I, I completely agree. And it's funny because uh, I'm, I'm from Boston. So all of my friends are just Pats fanatics. Like you can't even say a bad word about them out here. Um, and all I said to start the season was, don't be surprised if they lose to Pittsburgh week one. If they're going to lose a game, it's going to be early. You know what I mean? Like, like you just said, it's, it, it, they do sl start slow, and, and obviously I was way off on that, not even close. I mean, we all expected Pittsburgh to be at least a little better than they are. But um, yeah. another injury that the Pats are going to have to go through is Gostowski. Um, I think they're really overplaying in the media how important that is. Um, yeah. How much faith do, you, faith do you have in Mike Nugent, um, and is it that much of a downgrade? Obviously, I mean <laughs> – uh, the Patriots have only had three kickers in the last 20 years. So I'll put that in, that, in perspective. Um, Vinatieri, Guskowski, and Shane Graham, I believe, kicked a couple games um, previously as well. So um, Mike Nugent, um, he's a veteran. He's 9 for 11 in Foxborough in his career. He's an ex-Jet. So he's kicked in Gillette Stadium before. He was with the Jets for four seasons. The Pats have seen him before, so they kind of know what he's about. Um, and I have as much faith in him as I do any kicker at this point. I mean, all kickers are struggling at the moment. I mean, watched Zerline miss a game winner last night. So, oh, man. That um, bad. I think, you know, being a veteran, I think he's probably looking his chops like, look, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, cap off his career or at least you know have a little swan song here to be put in a good situation where he can make some big kicks and you know look good in the process as well so yeah I don't think it's a big downgrade I mean Guskowski has been 
um, average at best this season so far. Um, with his field goals, he's been fine. With his extra points, I think he's missed four. So, and obviously the injury must have been, you know, he's he was been playing through it. So, um, I don't think it's that big of a downgrade. Um, and there's been talk about, you know, kickoffs and things like that. But um, I believe the rookie punter um, has handled kickoffs in the past too. So. I do not believe it's a huge downgrade. and I don't think people should be panicking like Stephen A. Smith was on a first take. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just bananas. Um, but the only thing that I noticed um, in the numbers that's really funny is Mike Nugent is so bad from 50 back. He's like 13 for 30. Yeah. But like every time the Pats get in one of those situations where it's short and they're on like, the, you know what I mean, like a 30. Yeah, they're going for it. They've been going for it. So it's not like, yeah. that, like they really care about that. You know what I mean? They feel like they should right. get a touchdown on every drive. And I think that's part of the reason why they brought in so many kickers as well. Cause they're probably looking at it like, you know, yeah, we, that situation potentially could come up, but they, the Patriots are renowned for putting their players in positions where they can succeed. So if they feel like he can't do it, like they're going to, you know, they're going to go for it on fourth down. They haven't been scared in the past to do that. So I don't see it as a huge issue. Yeah, I, I really don't either. I think it's um, completely overblown. And then uh, on the other side of the football, um, is, th- is this the best defense in the NFL? Do they really have the best defense in the NFL in all three phases? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's really good. Um, I kind of figured that coming in. I picked them up everywhere in fantasy that I could. Uh, no one really batted an eye because they're like, oh, you're the Pats fan. You can pick Patriots, obviously. Um, but I kind of felt like they would be good. I just didn't know if they were going to be this good. But I think they are the best defense in the league at the moment. Uh, they lead the league in sacks, which Patriots offenses or defenses don't usually do. Um, they lead in interceptions, uh, three and outs, yards per play, which is down to the four yards per per play which is leading the league um yards per drive they're only averaging 19.1 yards per drive which is crazy and have only allowed one td in four games obviously uh last week um they were the also the first team in super bowl era not to allow a td in the first three games so i mean they're just ticking off box there of um great defenses uh against D, um dvoa as well they're number one in in that statistic so um at the end of the day you know it doesn't matter if they have the best defense it's just that they are you know as good as they are because i think they're going to be relied upon in the season yeah i agree I, I think um i think the bears are the only ones that are close just because yeah. um yeah, sure. they're just scary i mean they're just ferocious like the paths kill you with you can't even get like the ball off like, like stefan no one even throws stefan gilmore's way like, you just know better. But the Bears, I feel like, are just yeah. so in your face and just hit you so hard. Like, you don't want to play against them. And I feel like people think they can go against the Patriots because it's not a bunch of huge names. But once you play them, yeah. they're like, oh, they don't make a mistake. Right. And um, I think with the Bears as well, they play that way because they know what their offense is lacking. Or the Patriots defense kind of just knows, like, if as long as we don't, you know, break or you know give up big plays you know the offense will take care of business on the other side so it's a little bit of a different mindset I think for both defenses as well um but 
just good to go through a little bit of the Pat, Pat's defense. I mean, Jamie Collins has been an absolute beast through four games. I mean, to pay him what they're paying him, basically nothing. And his second stint has been amazing. You know, and Hightower always plays at a high level. And they actually missed him last week. Every time he doesn't play, we kind of uh, – Patriots kind of get gashed. So, Gore mm-hmm. got loose last week, and that was a big out. But when he's out there, it's, it's tough sledding. Obviously, the addition of Michael Bennett and Vinovich um, have been great. Um, they've been getting pressure all over the place. But, yeah, the strength in this defense is obviously secondary. Stephon Gilmore, arguably the best cornerback in the league. And then you add in Devin McCourty, who was, you know, voted AFC Defensive Player of the Month uh, just yesterday, I believe. Uh, he's got four interceptions. Patrick Chung, Jason McCourty. J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones. I mean, these guys are stacked. And they, they drafted a cornerback. They drafted a cornerback in the second round, and he hasn't even played. It's incredible, dude, just because, like, I don't know, man. I feel like I thought they were going to be good. Like, I, I picked them up in every fantasy league. I, I almost pick up Patriots sometimes just so I have a reason to root for them when I see them play. Because, <laughs> um, like, I have to watch them because they're on, like, around here. But I just – I don't know what it is, dude. Their, their defense, like, they just don't – like, when Hightower's on the field, he is the quarterback of that defense. Like, he sees everything. Yeah. I just don't understand why teams didn't – like, when he was a free agent, like, no one wanted him. It was crazy. They're like, oh, yeah, we don't want to pay him. And it was just like, all right, well, I'll just go back to the Pats, make $13 yeah. million a year. Bill Belichick's you know? just a wizard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just came out to the Stone Cold music and was like, no, nope, not today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can think about all those times, you know – Devin McCourty has a similar situation where he almost signed with the Giants and, you know, the coulda, wouldas, you know. You know, it's just amazing what this defense has become with the guys that they've added from all over the place. You know, Danny Shelton, Jason McCourty from Cleveland, Jamie Collins from Cleveland, Kyle Van Noy off the scrap heat. I mean, he's been amazing as well. I mean, geez, you know, he's like Mike Rabel 2.0. He actually is. And uh, who scares you the most in the AFC, if there is anybody at all? Yeah, you know, I had, a, had to really think about that one. There's not really another contender other than the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are impressive offensively. Um, but their coaching is still lacking. Andy Reid always makes these weird um, time situations very difficult at the end of games. Uh, their defense kind of hurts their ceiling. Um, so I think the Patriots match up well with them on paper. Um, so after that, it's really hard to see another contender at this point. Being a Pats fan, obviously the Ravens is always scary just because they've done it before. Um, you know, you don't really like playing them. They've just given us so many hard times, hard battles, especially even in Gillette, you know, that year that Ray Rice came in there and just destroyed us in the first quarter and the game was over. It was awful. I mean, we had to re- – revert to you know trick plays against um the other year in the playoffs with M- um edelman hitting amandola and things like that so oh, wow. i remember that <laughs> the, the, uh, brown, the, the browns the browns don't really scare me yeah really the browns no they don't scare me no oh, they don't i was gonna say i was gonna be like whoa yeah no. Wait a minute. <laughs> the coaching thing just throws it off texans now chargers now and maybe the jags if they can sneak in uh, just because of their defense, and they played as tough in the AFC Championship game. They just didn't have the quarterback play to go along with it. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like the Tex. I like the Texans. They're a, they're a second half team, but Bill O'Brien is just such a meathead that it just it just yeah. kills me to see Deshaun Watson like wither away in that old line in that in that system. Yeah, and I actually saw something today that was interesting that they actually pass blocking pretty well. Um, as far as um, percentages go, um, and it might just be you know either a scheme thing or, you know, Deshaun Watson hold on the ball a bit longer than he should. And that's been, you know, one of his his um, deficiencies that he likes to hold on to the ball. So, but I don't, I don't know about Houston yet. So we'll, we'll see if they can figure it out here in the second half. Well, they got a while yet before the second half, but you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. They're, they're a very uh, – like Deshaun Watson's record – in um in September is like 500, but his record in, in all the other months is like 12 and four. So hopefully they can pull it together. Um, but outside of him, there's been some QBs that are struggling. Um, and they're risking losing their job. Now I'm gonna give you a list of uh I'm gonna take Goff off the list that I had because I, I feel like after being forced to throw so many times, I think we know his job is safe. Um, uh, Kirk yeah. Cousins, Nick Foles, Cam, and Matt Ryan. What which two of them do you see? they could lose their jobs. And which ones do you think should lose their jobs? Well, the guys that should um, are probably Cousins and Foles at this point. I put on here a little caveat, caveats here. I put Cousins, I think, they that the Vikings find look for someone in the draft. I don't think he's going to lose his job this year just because Sean Mannion, I believe, is the backup. I don't really see them doing that unless they're out of playoff contention or something like that. And that he's just owed so much money. So um, I see them going the draft route, you know, um, worst case scenario there. Um, With Cam, it's very interesting. I don't think Kyle Allen's, you know, the future or anything like that. Um, But they did draft a quarterback last year or this year as well so you could see them moving on in the off season potentially if he doesn't come back and you know show a little bit of what he has shown in the past um we've had our debates about camp oh man yes we have it honestly is just all health with him when it comes to because it's not the same owner the guy who's owning right now used to play used to own part of the Steelers so he has no emotional attachment to cam you know what I mean right yeah and I just think um, if he doesn't come back this offseason, I think he could be uh, either let go or shopped this offseason to, you know, someone like the Bears or something like that. Um, Foles, I think if Minshew keeps going at the rate he's going, I mean, it, it's his job. As Foles comes back, he'll be the highest paid backup. And basically, they got to hope that they can – get rid of Foles' contract because he's owed so much money next year even that they just can't take that dead cap hit. So they would have to hope for like a Brock Osweiler-type trade or NBA-type trade where you, you know, send Foles to somewhere and they you give them a draft pick as well in hopes that they take the contract back. Yeah, maybe Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, I don't see losing his job. Um, I mean, I think that's just – they just need – I think they need a new coach. I think the coach who loses his job for Matt Ryan ever does. So, 
Um, if I had to choose two, it would be uh, probably Cousins and Falls. Just because I'm, I'm actually from Minnesota. I live in Australia now, but I have a lot of friends that are Vikings fans, and it's just rabid right now. They're just <laughs> so angry at um, Cousins at the moment. Oh, it's bad, and I, I feel like I want to give him the benefit of doubt because the O-line is just not good. Um, but, like, you fumble 28 times in two years. It's like, come on now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to be better than that. You're getting paid guap. I mean, it's, it, I feel like the same thing with Matt Ryan. I just feel like you have everything at your disposal. Like, you should be losing, but if you're going to lose, it has to be a shootout, you know? Yeah, but I think with the Falcons, it's a defense thing. Um, their defense has been porous for a few years now. And obviously that comes down to injuries as well, but they don't really have a pass rush. Their secondary is getting older. Um, it's just been tough sledding on defense there. Um, obviously their offense, you know, they have clicked. I mean, Matt Ryan threw tons for tons of yards last year. Um, like that's almost the opposite of the Viking situation where they, I think they just, they've killed Cousins' confidence. Um just because they, you know, with the play calling and everything like that, like and all of a sudden, you know, he throws 10 attempts in the first game and they can't just switch that on and off. Like it's really hard to play the sport at a high level. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're running the ball, you're running the ball and then you're down and they're like, Oh, you gotta go make some plays now. So I think he's a bit gun shy. He's not seeing the field properly. Um, when he's finally called upon to make a play, He's not in a rhythm, and then he's showing up on the field. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because I see the same thing, the gun-shy thing. It's the same thing I see with Goff. It's almost like the anti-Deshaun Watson where they just let the ball out too early. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to sit in the pocket and look for a play and make a play. It's more dump-off, dump-off, dump-off. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's – that's good, and sometimes it's not, I guess. I mean, you could say the same for Brady sometimes, and, you know, he likes to dump it off to the running backs. Yes. But teams yeah. that actually scheme that in, I think it works a lot better for. And, you know, teams that, you know, just run a running back out to the flat and he gets, you know, two yards every time, um, it doesn't work as well. Um, so I think that's a scheme thing as well that coaches just have to do a better job of, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like Minnesota, like you said, it's tough to be like, yeah, Kirk's the guy. Kirk's the guy. Like, we're a throwing team. We're a throwing team. But we're going to run the ball 30 times, and he's going to throw it 10. And then the next week it's going to be different. Yeah, It's just so hard for him to get into rhythm. And like you said, I think his confidence is almost shot at this point. You know yeah. what I mean? It was inflated because of the contract. And now with all of this, it's like, wait a minute. You're Case Keenum with the contract. All right, but I mean, they were they were chucking it around last year, but I don't think the problem comes with Mike Zimmer. Right? He doesn't want to throw the ball; he wants to run the ball, you know. And I don't think they have the right. They spent, you know, what over a hundred million dollars on Diggs, Thielen, and Cousins. And if you want to run the ball, spend that money on O line, you know. Spend that money somewhere else. Spend more money on defense if you're going to play that way. Don't spend it all on receivers and quarterbacks. Yeah, like they don't know what they, they really want to be. Um, and that brings us uh, to my next thing. What teams do you think um, are real, like, 
that, that have been kind of pushed to the media? And what teams do you think are phonies? Like uh, the Eagles, uh, Lions, Cowboys, Bills, San Fran, Seattle, the Rams, uh, Green Bay. Like what teams do you think are, are legit? And what teams do you think are just regular season and they're going to be done? Well, I'm actually surprised the way Seattle's, you know, been playing. Um, you know, they've won a couple of close games, maybe won a couple of games that they shouldn't have. But at the end of the day, it all counts. And they're usually a second-half team. So for them to be playing or having the record that they have already, I think they're almost, you know, a lock to get in the playoffs here. So it might be a battle. I think they'll get either the, you know, first wild card spot or they potentially could win the division. Um, I like the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think they're both for real. I just think they're kind of trying to figure out how, um, what they are. So with the Cowboys, obviously they started out hot, but they were using a lot of play action passing, which they hadn't done in the past few years. Um, but last, last week they really didn't do that at all. They only had seven play action passes, I believe seven or eight, the whole game. They just kept running it and, on first down, first, second down in terrible situations. Um, so it was very unorthodox of what they were doing in the beginning of the season. So, but I think they get that righted and I think they're for real. I think they have a really good chance to either win that division or get the other wild card spot. Um, and the Eagles, man, they have full of talent, full of talent. So I think that, you always bet on talent. So That's coming into the season, obviously the Eagles were probably, if not the favorite, they were the second favorite in the NFC. So I just think that that ship writes itself. Uh, Lions, I do not believe they are for real yet. I do think they're going to overachieve and they're going to, you know, kill someone else this season. They're going to be the spoilers, but I don't think they're there. They're not there yet. So, um, the Bills, I think, are playoff contenders. I think they could get to nine, even maybe even ten wins. I mean, they don't play the Patriots again until week 16. Um, the schedule will be pretty soft with Miami and the Jets and things like that. So they could easily – I think they'll get in the playoffs easily. Um, and San Fran, we'll see this week. It's a huge challenge for them, I think, uh, with the Cleveland Browns uh, coming in. So we'll see if they're – uh, for real or not, I think that's a good test for them. Uh, Cleveland's got a pretty um, good defense, so we'll see how they handle that with Jimmy G. Yeah, is 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 Jimmy G? What's holding you back from buying in on them? Because that's what kind of it is for me. Uh, I I still want to hold out. I want to see what their defensive secondary is like against a team like Cleveland, um, because they don't have a lot of depth there. And they've they've played really well, the defense has, the supporting owners defense, but they haven't really played anybody like most of the good teams yeah. so far this season. Um yeah, it's it's really kind of a top heavy league at the moment. Like you look at all these teams and they're, you know, four and all, three and one, um, or whatever. And but they look at their schedule and they've played, you know, Dolphins, Bengals, you know, Jets, you know, so they're not getting really tested so I think that's why I think this week will be big because Jimmy G has turned the ball over which has been a problem so a lot of turnovers there they had five against the Steelers and still one which is ridiculous 
Um, so I don't know if it's Jimmy G per se. I think they need to get they need to find reliable targets. Kittle's been kind of slow starter so far. Um, I mean, he's been fine. I mean, you know, he'll catch, you know, five for 70 or whatever, but that's not what you're really looking for. Obviously, if you drafted him as a number one tight end early, um, you're kind of looking for bigger production. But um, they get Tevin Coleman back this week. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out with San Francisco and especially on the defensive side of the ball if they can keep it up. Yeah, it's funny because they're the only team now that the Pats let up one rushing touchdown. Um, they're the only team that hasn't let up a rushing touchdown. So I think that could create problems for Cleveland. And I think we'll see what Bake is really made out of. This is, I think this is a good test for him because it's not a division game. It's prime time. And we get to see him versus a defense that's really going to make him work. And, and we don't know if Javis is going to play with um, the concussion protocol, which, which is upsetting because I like Javis a lot. And um, I really want to see the Browns. Like, I'm not a huge Baker Mayfield guy, but I just want to see what they're about when they're fully healthy and get the chemistry together, you know? Like, I can't, I can't yeah. put them down until I see it. I really think that they, last week, you know, I think they kind of switched up the, the game a little bit because I think they're relying more on Chubb and kind of running the offense through him, which I think is the right move just because I, the first few weeks, I think they were just kind of trying to see, trying to let Baker just kind of go and trying to get everyone involved rather than actually using Chubb. You know, they were under center a lot more last week than they were the previous three weeks, handing the ball off to Chubb, letting him run downhill um, and running play action off that, you know, quick drops, getting the ball out quickly. Um, I mean, Landry, that was Landry's biggest game of the year, obviously. Um, and he's, he was basically, had basically done nothing up until, you know, last week. So I think that was all part of the strategy. And I think that's the best way to go. Let, let Baker manage the game, let, not just give him the ball and say, go win the game for us. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, like, I like what you said earlier, Freddie Kitchens, that he just hold me, them back so much. I was talking to um, Grant uh, from Unwrapped, who, who, who's a, you know what I mean, Cleveland fanatic. Yeah. And I said it to him, I said, the only thing that holds me back on them is the coaching. I don't trust first-year head coaches as far as I can throw them. Um, and I'm not yeah. a big guy, so I'm not throwing people very far. I, it, I just <laughs> I can't see it, man. I, I just can't. Um, and one thing I like that you said earlier, I, I'm all in on Seattle. Um, Russell Wilson, I, I don't care what anybody says. He's the best NFC quarterback right now. I, I, I love Rodgers. He's my favorite quarterback in the league right now. But no one is better than Russell Wilson on that side. I just don't see it. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson's amazing, especially because they don't really allow him to be that kind of quarterback, you know. They only do it when they need him to do it. Otherwise, he, you know, he's handing the ball off. He's throwing the ball, you know, 25 times or less, and that's that. But you could see it, like, last night. You're like, you're like go get, go in the game for us, and he, he does it. You know, he finds a way. He's a freak. Like, he, he, you just can't touch the guy. Like, he's, he's like a, 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 a greased-up little dude just running around. And, like, the throw yeah. he made to lock it was just unreal. Unreal. Oh, I couldn't even They said it was, like, a 6% chance of completing it or something. Yeah, yeah, like six percent. You're right. It's he's just so good, and it's funny because his legacy. If he never throws that into in the Super Bowl, he's beaten Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Imagine that. Like yeah. what? 
like he, he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, he's unbelievable. Probably the best scrambler we've ever seen. Um, but imagine Whoa. if that was his legacy. <laughs> I don't know if he's the best scrambler you've ever seen. We can debate that. <laughs> but, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, uh, Michael Vick. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no. Like, he's the best running quarterback. But I, I mean just, just like, escape artist almost. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Oh, yeah. No one's yeah, better than Vick sure. on the run. Come on, dude. That's just – it ain't even oh, close. Maybe my, maybe my boy Lamar Jackson is, but we'll see. Hey, he's a he's a legit video game, that kid. A video game. I can't even like I mean, imagine you, trying to catch him. You see what he did last year? He just like stopped on the dime and the guy just like runs past them. So, yeah. He it, it's, it's crazy. Ridiculous. It's like they're all in slow motion and he just sees it coming. Yeah, it's it's insane. It, it's funny. But yeah, because, I definitely uh, yeah, Sam. Sam really don't like him. It's really funny. I love it when doing oh, that. <laughs> oh, can't do it anymore, man. I get in trouble. I know, I know. We might get you banned from uh, the unwrapped room. <laughs> it's funny. We get a good cast of characters. And I, I got a quick question. Your Twitter picture, is that you, Duncan? It, it has to be. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I was going to say, I hope so. Because if not, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> no, that's me. Man. Who's your NBA team? Uh, I'm a Laker fan, actually. Whoa. I didn't see Whoa. that coming. Yeah, I'm a Kobe guy. Oh, I respect um, that. I respect that. Uh, growing up, I was a Magic fan, uh, Magic Johnson. Um, the Timberwolves didn't get a team until 1989. I was about, you know, seven years old. I was already a Laker fan. So, um, yeah, so that wasn't – like, I don't mind the Timberwolves. I, like, I'll root for them, but they're not, like, my favorite, favorite team. Um, I'm a Laker fan. It's been a rough go at it for a while now, but no, there's a little bit of bright lights here with uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron. Oh man, they're going to be unreal um, defensively. Before I just want to say one thing, how crazy is it that they had Kobe ranked 14th? Like I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Even as a Celtics fan, it's just like, (laughs) what? And like, I had had an argument with somebody that said, they were like, oh, well, Steph Curry's more efficient and um, he's a, 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 a he, he draws the defense out and he's a better shooter than Kobe. And I was like, by that logic, then Curry is better than Michael Jordan as well because he's more efficient and is a better shooter. Yeah. Like that criteria <laughs> doesn't work there. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, Kobe is just, just like a killer. Like he was just that mentality that he had um, all the way through, like, He's just a baller. Like, you just don't want to face that guy. You uh, listen. I'll I'll never forget him. Him throwing up the ball and hugging Ron Artest in the garden. I've never been more sick to my stomach uh, in a long time since since Peyton threw the into uh, against the Saints when Reggie Wayne ran the wrong route. I I haven't been more sick in a sports moment than that. And it's just crazy because like the disrespect he's gotten since he's retired. Like people forget. This is one of the best defensive shooting guards of all time. Um, and the man's yeah. got five chips. Like, he was putting up 30 in the finals alongside Shaq. It wasn't like he was a scrub just riding. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, just um, but I think my, my sickest, my sickest um, sports moment was the David Tyree catch. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Oh, that was bananas. And I actually wanted the Pats to win that one. But I'm glad they didn't. That was, that's all-time stuff. Yeah. 
I thought the Manningham catch was, was, was a little better, though, just because it was on the sideline. It was, like, on the money. Like, and I'm no Eli fan, but Jesus, that, that throw was incredible. Yeah, he's good for one, one of those, but he's also good for just throwing the ball and then having someone drop interception as well. So, Sante Samuel, any name, any names? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny because, like, he's probably going to be the worst Hall of Famer that's ever lived, if you really think about it. Oh, that's brutal. I hope he doesn't get in. Oh, really? Oh, I'm a big Manning family guy. I don't care about the family. He didn't, he didn't, he made one Pro Bowl. (laughs) That's true. It's just, it's weird because, like, the the criteria is so different for every Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Like, the NBA, it's like, were you good at a time? Get in. And for the NFL, like, the way I say it is, if you can't if you can can't tell the story of the NFL without them, they have to be in. And I feel like you can't tell it. Even if it's a short little excerpt of like Eli Manning made two throws, like you, you, you can't you can't leave him out. Oh, I can leave him out. He was never top <laughs> he was never in top five in his position. Ever. That is very true. Ever. No, like not, not even close. Not one all pro team, nothing like Zero. You know how easy it is to make a Pro Bowl these days. Maybe one. I'm pretty sure Derek Cos made a couple Pro Bowls. <laughs> oh, Kirk Cousins might have made one. I think he has. I I, I want to say he did at least one. Like with the year when he was like, "You like that? You like that?" Yeah. I think he, I think he made it. And it's funny because I knew the sports gods were real when they gifted Peyton the second ring. It's like you can't let Eli oh, have yeah. two. Like any and Peyton have yeah. one. Like. Because the, 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 the legacy discrepancy is so – like the, the gap is just the Grand Canyon. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you're a big Mahomes guy, I mean, too. Is he, is he the best – is he going to be the best we've ever seen? We talked about this the other day. Yeah, so, it's like, I love – I think he's, like, basically – he's the Steph Curry of NFL, basically. So, that's why I like to look at it. Um, I think he's the most talented – um, we can have that Rogers debate maybe another time, <laughs> but because um, I think we disagree there as well. No, but, I, th- um, I think it's close. I just think um, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take anything away from the kid. It's just I yeah. want to see him with a not with a team. I want to see them struggle and see how he bounces back. You know, like he came in and it was like they did everything right. He got to yeah. watch. Uh, he has a good coach, great weapons. Um, I just yeah. want to see him struggle and come through the through the junk, kind of like Russell Wilson has. But yeah, no, he he's a freak, dude. He he's just a specimen of human movement. He's just insane. Yeah, just, he's all showtime. The way he throws the ball, yeah. I mean, he can he can chuck the ball so far, and on point, you know. And then he's got the movement as well, to you know to escape situations. He's just yeah, it's just uh, otherworldly with the way his. He throws the ball in the way he moves. Like, obviously, talent-wise, I'm not saying he's the best ever because, obviously, I reserve that for the one and the only Tom Brady. But, um, like, Tom, he just works his tail off to be the greatest. You know, he studies his tail off. I mean, you could put Pat Mahomes out there and literally just tell him to throw the ball around, and you'd be just fine. So, um, talent-wise, there's, there's no comparison to – what he's capable of 
um, and time will tell um, yeah, on that yeah. one to see where he ends up. I hope we see him for, forever. And it, it just, uh, I just, it just bothered me because I saw someone on ESPN say he's playing the highest level of QB we've ever seen. Like, did 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 2013 Peyton Manning just die? Did 07 Brady legit just fall off the planet? Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just slow down on the best we've ever seen and just appreciate what he's doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's, uh, I guess, the most important thing about this time in sports uh, news and hot take culture and things like that is just kind of sit back and just kind of enjoy the show. You don't need to have, you know, extremely, like, hot take immediately after something happens. Um, and it tends to happen these days. So, you know, he'll go out there and he'll throw for – or it could be anyone, you know. Um, we'll go out there and have, like, a huge game. Like, David Montgomery could go out and have 200 yards, you know, this week. I don't know where, and everyone would be like, oh, my gosh, he's he's the greatest rookie running back we've ever seen. It's Next like, Walter oh, Payton. It's funny. You know, yeah, I, I completely agree with you because, like, I, like I'm, I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm a Celtics fan, but I love watching the Warriors play basketball. Like, like I just hate it when people are like, "Oh, I can't stand them." Like they've ruined the game, and it's like, why? Because they hit shots and defend. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's new about that? Like, I know it's new the way they do it, but like, how do you hate Clay? How do you hate Steph? Like, I get what Durant did was a little weak, but it's like, appreciate it because we will never see that ever again. Yeah, and we won't. I mean, now it's, you know, gone from trios to duos. So um, the whole league landscape has changed because of them. So, I mean, you just got to appreciate it. It's history now, that era of the Golden State Warriors. Um, But, yeah, they have changed the game. And whether you think that's for the better or not, um, that's for each person to decide on their own right. But um, it's definitely changed the game, and it's exciting to see. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I just think like, I just think it's crazy to think that sports are getting worse. Like we're getting more talent, more like insight on the health aspects and like the scheming aspects of the game. Like I just don't think, I, I think as far as basketball, I think this is the best we've ever seen the landscape of the game. There's never been this many good teams. Even, even the bad teams are like, you want to watch them. Like I want to watch Phoenix play. Like I want to see Devin Booker play. I want to see. Yeah, Devin Booker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, dude, the teams like the Kings who, like, have such young talent. De'Aaron Fox is, a, yeah. is, is an animal, and, like, they, they might not be an eight seed. Like, come on. We've never seen that. Yeah. I know the Hawks are fun to watch. I oh, mean, man. The, the Wolves, the Towns are fun to watch. It's just, yeah. I mean, even Orlando is kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, even, like, now the Heat have Jimmy Butler. Like, I will <laughs> never not watch Jimmy Buckets play. I love that, dude. Yeah. You know, People like really like he's another dude. I don't get the disdain. Like he just wants to win. Like he told Cat to like stop playing Fortnite. Like what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I have no problem with um, Jimmy Butler. I think he just he's just one of those those dudes that just wants wants to win. So he's just all about that and that only. So um, some people just yeah, they don't like that. They don't like the way that rubs off on other people, but. You got to have – I feel like having those guys makes your team's be- team better. So, Oh, absolutely. I think Philly will miss him greatly. Even though they're a better team now, I think they're going to miss him greatly. He He's so clutch at the end of games, and it really goes unnoticed. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy that they – you know, he was the go-to guy. No one else really wanted, wanted that ball. 
you know, and we'll see what Ben Simmons becomes. But um, I've been not uh, a fan so far um, of his of his play, um, basically because I can't even use him in crunch time. You know, he's useless. So um, we'll see if he's gotten better this off season because it's he obviously hasn't the last few. So hopefully this is the one. That yeah, now that he's paid. <laughs> yeah. And you could dig Brad Stevens for exposing that. I'll never forget when they uh, lost in six to the Celtics, or it might have been in five. Like, he was just useless. Like, just Brad just yeah, had him on, on the outside of the fun. perimeter just standing there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just just not usable because he couldn't make a shot outside the keyway. So, um, especially in the playoffs when teams get to game plan for you game after game after game, it can really take away – what he does so hopefully he improves on yeah completely completely different yeah he, he needs to shoot it like just to even like put it in people's heads and like it playoffs are so different you're so right so right dude it's it's just a different ball game and they've been there two two times in a row now so you gotta learn it yeah for sure i i appreciate you for coming on man um unwrap sports member always have you on Corey. uh we gotta get an nba episode going um Please don't murder anybody in the group. I know you're on a different time, so you're usually up late arguing about things, but it's awesome, man. I love it. No problem, man. I love the betting. I'll be I'm here whenever you need me, man. Thank you, man. And uh, Sam, shout out to Sam Sinclair of uh, the Circle City Podcast. Corey's coming for you, bro. Watch out. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Peace out, bro.